So if you happen to come to Cornerstone Christian School and take chemistry class, you would sit in class, they would explain the elements of the periodic table, they would talk about how different elements combine, how critically important it is not to combine particular elements in the wrong order in order to avoid explosions and those kinds of things. And after you talked for a long time in the class, you would have a lot of information in your head. But the education would not stop there because if you take chemistry at Cornerstone Christian School, it's a laboratory science. And so you walk across the hall with your class and your teacher has set up experiments for you to get a hands-on experience as to how the principles you've been learning in class work in the real world. And you'll actually see mercury and you'll actually see sulfur and you'll actually combine different elements together to see what the response will be because knowing something in your head isn't the same as handling it, touching it, and seeing it demonstrated in real life. Now, I just thought that these would be appropriate reminders of what a lab science looks like because today's service is the laboratory. This is the laboratory today. And today we're going to be talking about the Word of God. But we talk about the Word of God every week. But the object of today is to demonstrate how the Word of God changes us and how it works in our lives and how it's precious and dear to us. And so at the beginning of the service, we're going to have one section of instruction. And then at the end of the service, I'm going to invite you to share a favorite scripture of yours and tell us in a few sentences why it's important to you. And so you can see, oh, there's no microphone stand over there yet, but there will be one there. And there's a stand already here. And when we get to that place in the service, I'll invite you to come forward with your Bible or wherever you've written your uh, scripture verse to read and read your scripture verse to us and tell us in a few sentences why it is important to you. Hebrews 4.12 says this, Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. What does it mean to be a community whose foundation is Jesus Christ, as revealed by the Word of God and confirmed by the Holy Spirit. And what do we mean when we talk about the inspired Word of God as contained in the 66 books of the Bible? Surprisingly, not everyone who calls themselves Christians believe the same things about either the authority of the Bible or the leadership of the Holy Spirit. However, what I am not going to do today is split hairs about how the beliefs of the Church of the Nazarene or the Southern Baptist Convention or the United Church of Christ or the Roman Catholic Church are different. This is a laboratory day today. The goal of the day is to more firmly understand how this Word of God encourages, shapes, and teaches us to live lives worthy of the calling of God. As you know, 
The Bible we cherish is a compilation of 66 books written over the span of about 2,000 years. The oldest stories in the Bible come from about 2000 BC. It may be that the stories of Genesis come from thousands of years earlier than that, but they were not likely first related in written form. The oldest testament is written predominantly in Hebrew with a few chapters in Aramaic, while the New Testament is written in Greek. There have been many English translations made over the last 600 years or so, and these translations vary in terms of goals and processes. Some translators seek to make the basic understanding more approachable to regular everyday readers. Other translators seek to create an English version that is as close literally to the original Greek as possible. Different versions for different purposes for different audiences. But here's what's important. Whichever version we are reading, we must invite the Holy Spirit to help us understand. He is the one who applies the truth of God to our hearts through the medium of the scriptures. In all things, the Holy Spirit is the final authority even above the written word of God. Since the word that we have, as reliable as it is, is still less than the active voice of God, which always demands our complete obedience and complete submission. The Spirit, though, will speak through the word. So it is highly unlikely that we will feel direct conflicts between what the Spirit says and what the word of God reveals. This morning, we're going to begin with a reading of the central narrative of all the Bible, the string that starts from the beginning in Genesis and winds all the way through the book to this conclusion in the Revelation. This is something that we call salvation history. This is the story of what God has done as revealed in the Bible. And we will pause along the reading at several times to celebrate the major development points of the story. After those readings, then we'll give you the opportunity to share the scriptures that you have brought with you, to, with you today. So I'd like to pray, and then after I pray, I'll invite you to stand and we'll sing an opening song, and then the readers will read. Now I did print a bulletin insert today that lists the songs we're going to sing as celebrations to the reading of Scripture and lists all the Scripture references that you are going to hear read. So that if you want to go back later and review any of these particular Scriptures, the Scriptures are listed with references in that bulletin that was an insert today. So hopefully you'll be able to follow along and we'll have this opportunity uh, together to consider the Word of God and the story that it reveals to us. Would you stand with me while we pray and sing? Father, today we worship you and we thank you for the gift of your word. By your spirit now, encourage us and teach us by your word. For we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Down and 
worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He. And together we sing. Everyone sing. Holy is Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. Holy is Lord God Almighty. Earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. We stand and lift up our hands. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship Him now. How great! How awesome is He, and together we sing, everyone sing, holy is the Lord, God Almighty, the earth is filled with His glory, holy is the Lord, God Almighty, the earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. It's rising up. It is rising up all around. It's the anthem of the Lord's now. It's rising up. All around it's the anthem of the Lord's renown And together we sing Everyone sing Sing it church Holy is the Lord God Almighty the earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. Holy is Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock 
and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and then subdue it, rule over it, the f- rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Genesis 3, after they had sinned by eating the forbidden fruit. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. Genesis 12, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Genesis 46, and God spoke to Israel in a vision at night and said, Jacob, Jacob, here I am, he replied. I am God, the God of your father, he said. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you. I will surely bring you back again. And Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. Exodus 13. Then Moses said to the people, Commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. Exodus 14. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. Exodus 20, and God spoke all these words, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above, or on the earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Honor, glory, and power be 
Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Luke 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Remain seated as we sing Ferris, Lord Jesus. Ferris, Lord Jesus, ruler of all nature, soul's glory, joy, and crown. Fair is the sunshine, fairer still the Oh, hey. 
Luke 22. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with Jesus to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Luke 23. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. Luke 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wandering, wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Holy Spirit, living breath of God, breathe new life into my willing soul. Let the presence of the risen Lord come renew my heart and make me whole. Cause your words to come alive in me. Give me faith for what I cannot see. Give me passion for your purity. Holy Spirit, breathe new life in me. Holy Spirit, come abide within. May your joy be seen in all I do. Love enough to cover every sin In each thought and deed and attitude Kindness to the greatest and the least Gentleness that's so of peace Turn my 
water calls your church to hunger for your ways. Let the fragrance of our prayers arise. Lead us on the road of sacrifice. That in unity the face of Christ will be clear for all the world to see. Acts 2. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 1, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Revelation 19. Hallelujah! Amen. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for true and just are his judgments. Amen. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Won't you stand with me as we sing uh, one final song this morning? Song to him who's 
sits on heaven's mercy seat. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, holy, holy. Sing a new song to Him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. Creation, I sing 
God, we honor you and worship you for your work. You've demonstrated your love for us across generations. You called to Abraham. You brought Israel out of Egypt. You prophesied the coming of a Messiah. And you sent Christ to be that Messiah for us. That we might have freedom from our sins and life everlasting in your presence. And so we worship you and exalt you and praise your name today. There are not words, Lord Jesus, to describe all that we feel, all that we know, the level of our worship for you. So we ask, Lord Jesus, to translate our feeble words into something that is meaningful to your ears. For we love you, we've committed ourselves to you, and we worship and honor you. Lord, by your instruction, we pray the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So this is the continuation of the laboratory experiment. There's a microphone on either side of the sanctuary. I'm gonna give you an opportunity at this time to share a favorite scripture of yours and a word or two about why it's a favorite. Uh, I would encourage you to make use of the front pews so we don't have a long time waiting for people to come. So while someone's speaking, if one or two want to get in line on the front pews, that would be great, but this is your opportunity to come and share a favorite verse of scripture, one side or the other. Come on. Morning, church. Morning. This one's short and sweet, but um, I've always had a soft spot for Proverbs 17.3, and it says, uh, I have the King James. Uh, the finding pot is for silver, and the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the hearts. Um, and I particularly like how the, uh, the writer here um, kind of equates um, the silver and the gold and these precious metals to our hearts. Um, and, you know, in light of the fires and the, uh, the pressures that forging uh, puts on these metals to refine them and make them shine and beautiful, um, so too does God work on us and our hearts. And I think that's how he, how he values us. Amen. Good morning. Morning. 
Isaiah 41:10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In our darkest days, it's nice to know we're not alone. And that's very simply put, and that's it. Amen. Amen. Um, My passage I'm going to share a little of, Pastor preached on several weeks ago, and it just reminds me of the timelessness of God's word as it speaks to us. This passage was part of an answer, a promise, um, an escape uh, for me about probably 28 or 29 years ago. And it still rings true in my heart, my mind, my spirit, um, every time I read it. And it's from Haggai chapter 2. And I'm just this is the end of the promise. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. And I think we all can experience different shakings as we go through probably every year of our life. That's his promise. He's going to do it. And I will shake all nations, and what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. And the part that uh, most spoke to me then and still most speaks to me today is that in this place, no matter what the shaking is, that God will grant peace. And uh, that's that inner peace, that inner presence of the Lord with us, no matter what's going on around us, outside of us, or inside of us. Yes, good morning. Uh, The verse I'm going to share that means a lot to me is Ephesians 3.20. And that just simply says, it says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that I could ask or imagine according to his power that works within us. And that's so important to me and in my life because it's just good to know that when, as far as I can see, when my sight ends or when my limit is there, that that's where his, that's where his starts. And that I know that he can do more than I can ever imagined more than I can think um, and um, I just know that no matter no matter what the, the obstacle might be that, that God is there and it's good to know that we serve a God that, that can do more and to help us do anything so that's what Amen. I do. Amen. Amen. Matthew six thirty three. but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Uh, when I passed my wife on to Jesus, uh, there went my purpose in living. And I really struggled for a while. But then this scripture came to me. You know, his kingdom is a lot bigger than my wife. <laughs> and that's, that's a purpose that I could give a hundred lives to. And so that, this has really been, been something I repeat it every morning since then and uh, it, it has kept me kept me going kept me purposeful kept me joyous 
I labor on in weakness and rejoicing. Isaiah 41:10. I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Um, and I just like that first because it's just something I can remember in any of my struggles in life and just recite to myself and just realize that I am not alone in my struggles and that God will help me through them. Amen. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set me free. Stand firm then, Nancy, and do not let yourself be burdened by a yoke of slavery. Just like Jesus, uh, Lazarus was raised from the dead by Jesus. I've been raised from the dead, but then Jesus said to the friends around, now take his grave cloths off, the things that keep him bound. And I know I've been raised, but... I have some compulsions that keep me bound, and they're comfortable. And um, this reminds me, I don't have to live in those compulsions. The grave cloths can come up with the help of good spiritual friends, with the help of the Holy Spirit, with the word of God in me. I can live in freedom. That is a goal for the rest of my life. Um, that I would do my, by God's grace and with his help, that I would obey and live in the freedom that he has given me and not let myself be bound by those things that keep me from serving him and loving him and experiencing him to the fullest. Amen. Hi. I'm going to be reading from Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 18. It says, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. This verse is super special because it reminds me of God's faithfulness every day in my life. Amen. God bless Amen. you all. Uh, this is John chapter 14, uh, verses 16, 17, and 20. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. Just the, uh, to know that that we're in Christ and he's in us is such an encouragement and gives such strength and power uh, and hope. Amen. Amen. I have two scriptures. The first one is Psalm 37, 3 through 7, and it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. And the second is Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's just a reminder for me, um, when I put the Lord first and trust in him, then he gives me all that I need and more. Amen. 
Uh, the, the song that we sang at the very end is my very favorite song ever. And it comes from this passage that makes me want to cry every time I read it and just shows how incredible Jesus is. It comes from Revelation 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to even look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Thank you, Jesus. This is from Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is love, lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received, you've heard from me or seen in me, Put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. And this was written from Paul, who was bound in prison. And he's thinking of all these lovely things and telling us how to rejoice in God, even in our own boundness. So when you're in a prison, we can just rejoice in God, and he will give us peace. Amen. I have a, ver I have a verse um, that helps me right now. I cry to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I do make my supplication. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell him before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed and fainted upon me, then you knew my path. In the way where I walk, they have hidden a snare for me. Look on the right hand and see, for there is no man who knows me. Refuge has failed me and I have no way to flee. No man cares for me or my life. I cried to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my loud voice, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring, me out of, bring my life out of prison, that I may confess, praise, and give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me and surround them so because of me, for you will deal bountiful me. Right now, I am actually on dialysis. My kidneys decided to fail. Um, 
a couple weeks ago, and I have a date for my transplant on February 1st. That is a miracle because there is a man at dialysis that cannot have a donor because he's too old, and my heart breaks for him. Walking in that center, people are dying every day, including a young man. And I think, Lord, you can't rescue these people because they're dying. They have no hope. Amen. And I am leaving that hope for them because my miracle is quicker than yours. For a donor, it takes 12 years to get a kidney. And mine only took about a year and a half. And I actually have a sister who had a kidney transplant two years ago, and she is a miracle. Every day I walk in that room and I feel despair, just like Christian and Hopeful in the castle despair. And I and my mom go there three times a week and shed that light. There was a man, he's only about a couple years older than me, and he's just, he has no hope in his eyes. And another man who's just, been to a mess and just I it's just heartening to see those people sitting in their chairs just knowing they have no hope but I have hope because I have a donor and my transplant is February 1st. Amen. Amen. Psalm 23.5 You anoint my head with oil. I ask Jesus to anoint me is so I can be attuned with Jesus. Every day. Carla and I, we choose this verse because it is very true in our life. The psalmist, the psalmist in Psalm 23 is uh, talk about how he take care of their, of their sheep. And one of the things that the shepherds do when comes a seasonal flight that attack their sheep that goes inside the ears and in the nose so to prevent that, help them, they anoint the, the, the sheep with oil in the ears, nose, and in front of the head so when these flies, annoying flies, enter into their system, they, uh, when, because they want to relieve, feel some relief, they hit sheep uh, head to head, and they can die. So when they are coming, the sheep, if they have that uh, insect in their system, they heat, when they heat, they, because of the oil, they repel. So they do not kill each other. Um, as, as we know, the enemy is the lord of flies. And if we uh, can convert this, uh, and, we, and so we need to ask Jesus to anoint us every day so we can be more attuned to his word and every attack of the enemy can be repelled. And because sometimes in 
in these words, we receive attack from the enemy, especially in, through our thoughts. And from that, sometimes we drive ourselves. But when we ask that Jesus anoint us, that prevents us to listen to whatever um, or be emotional and react in certain things. And we can be more attuned listening to Jesus. And that's why we love this verse. And we ask every in our prayer that Jesus anoint us every night, every, every morning, every night. This comes from Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For as by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not for yourself, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that anyone can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. <clears throat> and let us know that I'm not worthy. I, I don't deserve this grace that he gives us. Um, and so I'm just so thankful that he gave it as a gift to me and that I'm able to live in that grace by the faith that I have, and I'm able to do the works of his kingdom Amen. because he gave us that freedom to do so. Amen. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And life is tricky, and it's hard to stay on course. So I need to be reminded of this. Amen. We started the service with Hebrews 4, reminding us that the Word of God is living and active. And that passage continues with these verses. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This passage of scripture from Hebrews comes in the middle of an invitation to find rest in God. We are told to make every effort to find and to enter the rest of God. Candidly, in this passage in uh, the fourth chapter of Hebrews, the rest that is in view, the one that's being discussed, is the rest that comes at the end of our mortal days when we finally rest from our labors. When people contemplate that day, we start to hear all kinds of philosophies and ideas about what comes next for humans. Many of those ideas have no basis in fact, and many are not, not much more than fairy tales or euphemisms designed to take the edge off our grief. But let us talk plainly. We humans don't become angels when we die. There isn't a cosmic scale of justice somewhere in the universe where your good deeds are weighed against your bad deeds and your destiny is decided by which side of the scale it leans towards. We aren't recycled into some other form when we die. Christians reject 
reincarnation or wheel of time types of human destiny stories. There is a judgment over which Jesus Christ will preside. And while there will be a reckoning of our deeds, the final judgment won't be made based on any scale of justice. Rather, we will stand or fall on the scale of mercy. Since none of us are good enough to deserve eternal life in the company of God himself. And our confidence on that day will be this. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. And on this, in Acts 2.21, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And on this, in Romans 10.11, the scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And on this, from 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And this, from Romans 5, therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. Verse 8, God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely, therefore, since we have now been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. And this in Romans 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It is these words of scripture that anchor our confidence for that day. And it is these words of Jesus recorded in scripture that formed the foundation of our hope. John 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. We are people of the word of God. This word informs our past and the way we understand it. It guides our present to the shaping and interpretation of the voice of the Holy Spirit. It anchors our future by giving us rock-solid promises concerning what is to come. So I entreat you today, read the word, share the word, hide the word in your heart, encourage one another with the word. Embrace these words of Scripture. This is Deuteronomy 6, 8. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. 
Fix them as an emblem on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Deuteronomy 11. You shall put these words of mine in your heart and soul. Immerse yourself in the word of God. My verse to share this morning is also from Ephesians 3, Daryl. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I am delighted to affirm this morning that it is possible for us on our most difficult days to be strengthened in our inner beings with power from the Spirit, that God will strengthen us, that he will encourage us, that he will bring us recovery, that he will anchor us, that he will give us a firm foundation on which to stand, and that he is completely trustworthy. And he will walk us in this amazing process of putting roots down deep into his love. And that as we know more and more of the love of Christ for us, we will be more and more transformed into the people he desires us to be in this life so that we will have every confidence for the life to come. So read the word. Share the word. Hide the word in your heart and encourage one another with the word that he might be glorified in us now and always. Sing with me on this last Sunday of Christmas. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Christ the Lord, for he alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy. Christ the Lord. Stand with me as we pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your word. Your word which is the foundation for us. Your word that is an anchor for us. Your word that inspires us with hope and with joy. Your word which outlines our future for us and gives us confidence each day that we live. We praise you for this amazing gift. And we pray, Lord, that now and every day your Holy Spirit might come and interpret your word to us and speak to us through your word that we may be more and more transformed to the image of Christ. To the glory of God, we pray. Amen.
And may you rise from strength to strength, inspired by the revelation of the Holy Spirit through God's word. And may you shine like stars in the night with the glory reflected from the face of God. Amen. Go in peace.